Welcome to Archery Country Podcast. Welcome back to Archery Country Podcast. This is your host, Wade, as I'm sitting with Dan Block here in the Rogers studio. Today is questions that we sent out, and it was actually just uh, about a 12-hour feed from our social media team on questions about the rut, questions that you want to either kind of stump us or things that we can just kind of help you out with as we are, it is October 18th when we're recording this. You'll probably hear it in a day or two from now. And things, if you haven't shot a buck, if you haven't got out, if you haven't, don't worry about it. The best is yet to come. Um, but we haven't seen some success stories so far. Mm-hmm. Heard of some success <clears throat> stories. Early season, as always, it's either, it seems like for each individual hunter, early season can be either a bust or dynamite or dynamite don't even go yeah, it's like <laughs> in between i've uh i've been out once north dakota and been once in minnesota shot a doe in minnesota uh you've been out once kind of okay he says kind of because you took your kiddos out <laughs> but you've been seeing some activity yeah. behind the house yep. uh, and the farms that you are you got a, a you're hunting probably this is your last weekend of work then you're kind of yep filled next, up. next week i'm gone and then Gun season, I'll probably dabble a little bit here, and then Wisconsin. And then yeah, I forgot about Wisconsin. Kansas and Nebraska. And actually, you got some late season hunts, too. Yep. Very, very cool. We got, uh, this is my last day here in the shop, and then I have youth season, mm-hmm. which is always, it's kind of like our early season up there. It's our camaraderie. We have uh, two, four, five yep. youth between A- three and right? MEA. Yep. It always yep. seems to fall over this. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that hopefully, we, I mean, the last couple of years have been really productive, but we're not hunting like the rut, you know, we're not, <laughs> right. we're not hunting deer like it's the rut. Right. Um, still consider it mid season, early season, I guess. Uh, one of the biggest, we're going to throw out some facts right away so we can answer some of these questions. We had actually 36 questions since last night, about seven forty-five, seven eight o'clock when we decided to do this. Uh, and some really good questions, some duplicate questions. We appreciate everybody chiming in. And if you ha- if you don't uh, if you don't know where these questions are popping up or where you can answer, or you can get in touch with us. Uh, Archery Country has a pretty extensive social media. You can Facebook, Instagram. Uh, I believe they're on TikTok as well. Desi is some there. Um, myself, I have some stuff. Instagram and yeah, Facebook, Instagram's yeah. kind of the deal. Right. Facebook, and then of course you can always just message on the <laughs> website. Um, Jason is our kind of our pro tech, I guess they can answer some questions mm-hmm. on there. And then Desi feeds us some questions. Anyways, we're off the subject facts about the rut, the rut that's coming up. There's three stages of the rut. Okay. And th- and again, Dan and I are not like actual wildlife biologists, deer biologists, experts. A lot of this stuff is studies that I have done and, uh, programs that I'm part of and and you know I've been with the QDMA for 15 years and used to do a bunch of MC work for those guys so you learn some stuff got some connections and then personal mm-hmm. so instead of listening to Grant Woods it's it, these are just dudes we're just dudes that that see it um, mainly I'd say a, a five state area that we're we're kind of hunting from Iowa Minnesota the Dakotas Kansas Nebraska mm-hmm. and Wisconsin mm-hmm. so six states uh, we're Missouri. considered yeah Missouri as well. We're considered the Midwest, North Midwest in the sanction of all of this. Now, before we get into questions, three stages of the rut. Everyone always asks, well, I heard the rut is going to start earlier this year. Believe it or not, the rut, based it's all based on when does become ready or in asterisk, when they're ready to breed, once or twice a year. This cycle works. It's a very, very short window, especially here in Minnesota, because of our temperatures and our climates and the way things work. But it's based off of photo period. That's when does become in estrus, is photo period. That's daylight. From the amount of daylight activity that you can have, the sun going down, the moon coming up, it's based on photo period. This is a scientific fact. This is not me just guessing. You can do this with cows. You can do this with horses. You can do this with any animal that you're going to breed. If you want to produce a false estrus, you would just change your lighting sequence. The amount of daylight. 
So will the rut start earlier? The actual rut is three phases. A phase may start earlier, but the actual breeding or what we call tending is always going to be basically within a week or two weeks Mm -hmm. of of every year. But just get that fact out of there. We're going to talk about the phases because we have some questions that ask about the phases. Right now we are in what I would say like, would you say the pre- like the seeking phase, this is what I say for, for the rut. Seeking, chasing, tending. Those are your three factors. Mm-hmm. You agree with that? Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't think we're at the seeking phase yet. We're, we're right on the tip of it. Again, mm-hmm. October 18th is when, you're, when this is recorded. In More than likely week, when you hear this podcast, it's going to be there. Yeah, I think I think Desi's gonna try to release it today or tomorrow. Okay. But yeah, like next we're week. right yeah. next week. Right. Rock on. Right. Uh we've been blessed with the last week and a half of cold front. Mm-hmm. Um and it's looking like that extended period yeah. too. I mean, a couple <laughs> low sixties. But otherwise it's gonna yeah. be fifties and thirties, high thirty yeah. eights at night and mm-hmm. you know, depending where you're at. So, um we might as well just dive into the questions, huh? Let's do and it. get that. All right. Here's, here's the first question, and uh, I won't read any names on this, but again, we appreciate everybody. This is from Instagram. Is I hear the rut happening earlier this year. We kind of already answered that a little mm-hmm. bit. The, the rut isn't, the, the breeding cycle of it is not going to happen any earlier or any later. It's going to be a photo period time. Now, your seeking may increase or decrease on your time, on your calendar, depending on when crops are out, when they're not out. Right now, I would say, and again, agree or disagree with me on that, what I have seen on my cameras and what I've seen in person, uh, I went out last week and the week before that, is we're starting to see scrapes everywhere, starting to see rubs everywhere. The guys are acting like guys. Mm -hmm. The guys can tell that they always know, again, this photo period, that things are starting to happen to their bodies. They're starting to swell their neck. The testosterone starting to leave up. So, our little unique getting a little bit more aggressive yeah. yeah in september and august we were we were tinkling the the horns together bucks were just kind of yeah now you see a little bit more aggression mm-hmm. i wouldn't say like the big 160 inch five and a half year old deer are coming in and crashing the antlers but they're displaying dominance mm-hmm. they're pushing a little harder your two-year-olds are pushing off your yearlings mm-hmm. and your three and a half year olds are making their dominance known yep not that you can't hunt scrapes and rubs right now but I use that as just a sign, like, okay, there's bucks in the area. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's a half. Yeah, it, half it depends on the buck, too. Some mm-hmm. bucks will just, I mean, that's part of their daily routine to yeah. check out yep. however many scrapes. And yep, and again, you why why does a deer make a scrape? Mm-hmm. It's all based on scent. Yep. Um, so when you see, you know, the branch above the scrape that's broke, mm-hmm. that's really not from the animals, it's from their mouth, on the roof of a buck's mouth. Um, and then also there by their eye gland and then is it between their ear and their antler is another gland. Um, they're secreting scent, putting it down. And of course, you you know, they're pissing on their tarsal gland and then onto the, Mm -hmm. that scent is way stronger than we think. Yep. And it lasts a lot long, especially in dirt. That's Mm -hmm. why they scrape the dirt and the leaves away. Yep. And it's in the dirt. Yep. You can see scrape lines for a quarter mile, Mm -hmm. um, field edges, timber mm-hmm. you know they, they can be everywhere yep rubs i don't really understand rubs do you i i if i'm gonna hunt like either a scrape line or rub line i'm gonna hunt a scrape line okay and like i said i think it's all depending on the deer there's a couple times in nebraska where you're we're hunting i, I might have a camera miles apart and there's always consistently one deer that's that's just on just constantly checking scrapes mm-hmm. and then you have another buck where he's not even doing that he's not even right bothering doing that so it really depends on the buck it does and i think personalities are just like humans yeah. you know there's there's i break it down if there's young listeners on this just plug your ears for a second but break it down to like dudes back in the day going to the bar right oh yeah you're gonna have some guy that is just that gonna goes fight to three, whoever yeah <laughs> there's a guy that goes to three bars a night right you know picking fights and then there's yeah. a guy that does sits one, in the bar sits and, in one chair <laughs> right you know, his core area is so small right right checks out the gals and and, 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 and if he's good looking yeah. he might get lucky <laughs> <laughs> he or she i guess this day and age we gotta be 
politically correct, but yes. All right, so is the rut going to happen earlier this year? Question is answered no. Um, different phases of it. All right, let's move right down to the next one. Uh, doe sanctuary during the rut. Do does move to different bedding areas? Again, based on your property, mm-hmm. uh, this is a kind of a loaded question because if you hunt public land, the closer we get to that November 5th, there becomes more foot traffic. So do bows, do does change their bedding area? It's 100% uh, based off of if they're getting pressure or not. Pressure, too. exactly. Yep. I was hoping you are going to say that word. Yep. Um, again, we're, best, we're blessed with some private acreage, low pressure, and basically it's the same bedding area year after year season after season mm-hmm. and if you're hunting public just try to f- try to that's why guys will go miles in or mm-hmm. take hit you know hip waders and go into yep. spots where there isn't as much pressure and that's where you're going to find does yeah. if you find does well yep and that's the biggest thing you know when people say well how do you hunt the rut you know your scrapes and your rubs and your buck sign and you know this and that basically hunt does because mm-hmm. that's the main attraction attractant mm-hmm. you know um, it's no different than fishing. Yeah. If you're, if you're not fishing around schools of bait fish, bait you're fish. probably yeah. not going to catch. I mean, it, you, it, I mean, we, I, there's, there's always an anomaly, right? right? right. But there's always an anomaly. Right. Yep. The guy that sits 30 feet off the road on a public piece and shoots, you know, a giant. Yeah. Like sometimes it, you get it happens. Yeah. Um, all right. So does the sanctuary during the rut, doe sanctuary during the rut, do they move to different bedding areas? Unless they're pressured or something has spooked them, I would say no. Um, but a bedding area, the, a doe can have multiple bedding areas. Mm-hmm. A buck can have multiple bedding areas. Let's say you have a 120-acre farm. Probably going to have one or two. Mm-hmm. Lots of cover where they feel safe, where things the last couple of months have not spooked them. You know, coyote count is down, wolf counts down. No pressure. And they're going to use wind always in their favor too. Yes. Always. And that, and that's the thing about a bedding area. It doesn't mean that they're going to get out of their bed and go north every single time. Mm-hmm. If the wind, you know, is a prevailing wind from the northwest, then obviously they got the wind in their face and they may go that direction. Mm-hmm. But deer are super smart when they talk about their senses. Their eyes are pretty good. Mm-hmm. Their ears are phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Their noses are amazing. Yep. So you have to. And then their will to live is yeah right there too. So Yeah. All right, so that's question number two, pretty easy. Here is question number three. I'm kind of, if you're looking at your list, I'm going around and around Mm -hmm. and around. Um, Should you sit all day in the same spot? Depending on the time of the year. So you're seeking. Depending what you're seeing, too. Yeah. Yeah. Right now we're, we're entering the seeking phase, right? Yeah. Um, they're not chasing the does or not. If the does get chased, they may move off 50, 60 yards, but they're not leaving. Yep. They're not running away. They're not ready. You know, especially if it's a young buck trying that, the, the does going to get pissed. Evenings right now is when you want to direct your attention. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some guys that are having luck early morning. They're just in a really good spot at the right time or right on the edge of bedding and the deer are coming back and you're catching them during daylight. But you're 3 o'clock to 6.30. When is the sunset right now? 6.30 so you can hunt till 7. Mm-hmm. You know, 3 o'clock to 7. I, <clears throat> so like end of October 23rd to uh, the 30th, I have rattled in quite a few decent bucks mm-hmm. right when I get in there. So if I'm getting in there right at, actually I rattled in in 2014. I rattled in a deer at one thirty in the afternoon. No shit. Yeah. So it really depends on mm-hmm. the property and pressure and yep. and what that buck's feeling. But, mm-hmm. you know, that was pretty much, that was right when I got in there. He might have came in. You know, it's funny that you bring that up. I don't know if you follow, um, and they've been a friend of the shop, uh, Brent Nicole Larson, Nicole Weller Larson. Yeah. Um, she just put out a post the other day, and she has pretty good luck early season, mid-season, I'd say right now. And same thing. She's like, don't be afraid to take your rattling antlers mm-hmm. with you right yep. now. Um, it's an attractive. I'm a firm believer. Yeah. Yeah. I'm assuming they're going to be with you. Oh, yeah. In the next couple of weeks. Always. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I'd rather have, well, I'd actually rather have a set of antlers than a grunt call in the next. Yeah, I don't, <coughs> a grunt call. But, but I've had good luck with antlers, man. Right. Yeah, I, I think it's, if it's done properly, get your cadence down, you know, listen to actual bucks fight, like try to match that cadence. And when I say fight, like, are you doing a hardcore battle? Are you doing um, sparring, tinkling, aggression, or do you mix it up? I mix it up, but I don't. I, I get relatively aggressive, but I don't. Everyone thinks that they're like billy goats and that they mm-hmm. just, like, back up 20 yards and they just go head on each other. Right. You know I mean, yeah, I try to actually keep them locked right. majority of the time to where yep. it sounds like it's just pushing around. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's a good analogy. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, it's, it's not it's not the when you watch National Geographic, Marty Stelfer or whatever in the Rams. You <laughs> right, headbutting each other in the snow. Yeah, yeah, it's not that. Yeah. All right, so should you, back to the question, should you sit all day in the same spot? If you want to, sure, uh, right now, but I wouldn't. You don't, like I say, everything has an anomaly. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we get to October 27th, 28th, sit 29th, November 1st. If your schedule 4th, provides that you can do it, yeah. do it. Um, get in early and get in quiet. That, that is one thing that I'll, that I'll, that I've had success with, especially in the morning. I know it sucks to sit there for 45 minutes in the dark, but that's 45 minutes that you're not intrusive to deer that are in the food plot Mm -hmm. and be smart about it. Like if you know your deer feeding in a cut cornfield, like don't walk across the cut cornfield and then expect that you're going to see deer at, you know, sunrise Mm -hmm. go to where you know, in the transition period between your food source and your bedding um, ridges as we get later into October. And we'll get to that. This, the chasing phase, like they get a whiff of estrogen maybe. Deer are, a buck is always going to work the downwind side of the bedding area. Mm-hmm. Every day that changes. You may get a stretch of four days with the northwest wind. You know, where is the buck going to be? On the southeast side of that so that he can pick up scent without checking every single doe. He can, he can find that scent. They can smell a long ways. Mm-hmm. You know, he could be 50 to hundred yards off of the bedding area. Mm-hmm. Find that spot, you know, a spot you can see. Yep. And then don't get me wrong, deer, the, you know, some of the thickest, nastiest crap in the world where you can't see and all of a sudden they're there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, from now until October 27th, I'm not going to sit all day. Me. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the 27th to November 10th, if I get the opportunity and the day allows, I'll be there all day. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially from Halloween yep. till you know, after gun season. Yep. Okay. Um, next question. Let's go down. Is it smarter to hunt over fresh sign, scrape slash rubs, or over the trails leading to and from? That's a great question. Is it smarter to hunt over fresh shine, scrapes, and rubs? So right now, in 2023, most of us have cell cameras. Instant gratification of when that deer is there, within four or five minutes of that picture being taken. All of my scrapes, and I, and I can even, some of the pictures I'll give to Desi to post, from 8.30 p.m. until... Yeah, that's all. 5 a.m. Yeah. That's, that's where my scrapes are getting hit. Same with me. Yeah. I have no, as of right now, minus one was just a random walk in the trail, not making a scrape. I've only had one target buck daylight in October. Mm-hmm. And that was two days ago. Yep. Just a random accidental. Uh, everything, every night, I get up at 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning, not to get up, but because I'm checking trail camera photos. Mm-hmm. Um, so hunting scrapes at this time of the year, I'm not really, I mean, I might be. It, yeah. If you got, if you got one coming in, that's, he's checking yeah. it out half hour before dark. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> but, oh, absolutely. But otherwise from what I've seen is everything's all. Has trail cameras changed the way that you hunt the rut? Um, yeah. Has it? Yeah. So we go around and around, my brother and I, and he, he's had some pretty good luck. You know, Kyle. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of his animals have been shot from October 25th until November 15th. Yep. Um, again, 
because of vacation and timing. That's when his probability is better chances of shooting one, and that's why he shoots more of them. Mm-hmm. But he is turned into, and I cannot disagree with him, is he says, you know what? Cameras are cool. We all get the opportunity to see what's there. He says, but I'm not, I'm not going to base my hunt off camera. Mm-hmm. I'm going to base my hunt off of knowledge and luck. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty good, you know. Like I think it's just a tool that you yeah. should, if you can, if you have one, use it. Absolutely. Perfect example is our boss uh, a couple years ago. I don't even know when that was. That buck he shot on opener. Mm-hmm. There's one reason he knew that to be there at that time. Yep. Because of a trail camera. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a tool. Sometimes does, your, a, yep, does your scouting for you, right. I say. Yeah. But, you know, it influences, influences my when I'm going to hunt, I guess, but it doesn't like during the rut, I just, it's I kind of go, go when I can. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, so is it smarter to hunt over fresh sign and scrapes and rubs this time of year? I'm going to hunt that transition, the trails leading to and from. If I have him on trail camera at, at seven fifteen, I know that 20 minutes prior to that, he's mm-hmm. somewhere. Yeah. He's getting to that location. Now, can I get closer to him without disturbing right. the bedding? Then I'll Depends try on the that. buck. Yeah. And that's where a saddle comes in awesome. Yep. Like, get in there and get to him. Right. But we all want that picturesque field edge, deer coming out, walking across the mm-hmm. field, standing there 25 yards. Like, you know, that happens more away. away. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Um, so I'm not going to hunt fresh sign as of right now. I'm going to use it as inventory. And then I'm going to hunt the trails leading to and from, or I'm going to hunt the food source mm-hmm. and just get lucky. Right. All right. Back, this kind of leads into the next question. If your cameras are dead right now, should I anticipate new bucks showing up in the rut? Absolutely. You're going to have new bucks, again, pressure, but you're going to have new bucks weekly, mm-hmm. I would say. Not every day. Um, you take one of the boss dogs out of the herd, or mm-hmm. somebody does, there's going to be some new campaigners in. That's yep. just the way it works. That's the way it works in life. You got to replace, you know, the boss. Yep. Um, are your camera, if your cameras are dead. So when it, I know this is kind of turned into a trail camera segment of this podcast, but if you, if you're going to do trail cameras and there's a lot of studies out there, uh, I read one last year, two years ago, they actually hired a surveillance team that does like big, huge events like the Super Bowl and, and airport security and surveillance and cameras where people are monitoring 24 seven. And they, so they took that team, a university out of Kentucky, and they said, all right, we have a 55-acre parcel. We want to survey this, not your common blue-collar camera purchaser, but we're going to survey this. You know how many cameras they said they needed on 55 acres? Mm. 38. Mm. Most of us are running four. <clears throat> right. Yeah, so, if that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's... Cameras aren't going to take, they take pictures of a, a zone 25 yards deep and. Right. You look at 15 certain feet pieces wide. of property yeah. where it's like every, every 50 yards, there's another deer trail. So. Mm-hmm. Especially in the Tamarack and mm-hmm. the slough ground. And, right. You know, that. Tons of bedding and then yeah. going into what um, corn. So if your cameras are dead right now, where I'm going with this is you probably have them in the wrong spot or you just have to be patient. Um, my cameras are not in the same spot from start to finish. There is one, mm-hmm. but three times a year moving those cameras right or, now. Or, yeah. or if you're, you can always try time-lapse depending on what kind of food they're hitting. Yep. And then you can see, okay, he's, he's coming out 125 yards roughly at this trail. That's a great, great thing to say. Um, a lot of people don't understand the time-lapse on your camera. You know, we use but it. I don't even realize phone. that they have it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, that's basically triggering and it says on take a video or take every pictures. minute taking yep. a picture. Yep. And, and it doesn't need to be triggered. It's, it's just like a girl walking by. You're just, okay, here, here's a pretty good little spot that I think you're going to be. And I'm going to take picture every minute for an hour. Yep. You know, you can get a pretty good idea of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Most of your cameras have it nowadays. Yep. Most. Um, yeah, no, I didn't even think of that. And that's phenomenal. The, like I say, as I change mine three times a year, right now I, I have a majority of our cameras over scrapes and they are active. Does, young bucks, more does, bucks. And people are like, well, what do you mean does over a scrape? 
Those will check them out. I'll show you pictures right now. Mm-hmm. Every night they're mm-hmm. checking them out. Why? Eh, curious. Scent. Mm-hmm. You know, let's get, we have the whole day gropes. That's how we do it in the early season, mm-hmm. you know, getting the scent there. Um, getting some shooter bucks, making scrapes again, but it's all dark. Mm-hmm. I don't have any daylight yet. Yep. Uh, as we transition early season, I'm usually over, depending on where your regulations sit. Some counties you can do this, some you can't. Mineral. Um, watering holes. Water. You know, we were super dry up where we hunt this year, so I had water. But, uh, you know, and then we'll, I'm going to switch cameras and kind of put them back on food source and, and try to get as many pictures of does, trails going to and from. I'll keep some on scrapes. Uh, once the chasing starts, the scrapes, you know, they may check them out, but that's not where I'm directing right. my attention. Right. All right. Continue on. We're doing pretty good. Um, how long is the actual rut? Some people make it sound like there's two months long. All right, so here's some of your facts that we have, and you guys can look this up just as easy as I'm telling you. Depending on your area, again, the rut is off of photo period. And when we say rut, the rut is a collection of all of the stages. So your pre-rut or your seeking stage, and then you're chasing, and then you're breeding or you're tending. That's going to roughly, let's just say, 25 days. In most of our areas, the breeding part of it is going to be narrowed down to about 10 to 11 days for the most part. Mm -hmm. Now, a white-tailed doe will have a gestation period that's going to last if they get bred in November 5th, usually going to have a May May baby, right? Mother Nature and the anatomy of a deer, especially here in the North Country, a doe doesn't want to get bred early. Because what happens if she has a March fawn or fawns is there's not, Mother Nature has not provided enough food source that she has to use too much of her body fat and her, and produce food for those fawns where she can't. So it's detrimental if they're bred early. Yep. Mortality skyrockets. Yep. You don't want to be bred too late because then you have, you get into your June, July fawns. Yep. A younger fawn that time of the year. Not only are you dealing with heat, but predators, and you're... And then that fawn prolongs to... Yeah, and then you have a, a 25-pound fawn... In December, November. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's not... Probably not going to make it. Yep. It's the weakest link on there. Yep. Just come another message. <laughs> cool. We love them. Keep sending them. So, where I'm going with that is, that's why our window, basically here in Minnesota, is what I'm talking about in wisconsin and that is there it, it, it they need to be bred in that area now if if a doe does not get bred in those days it will take 28 days for her cycle to come back through and that's where we have the air quote second rut they want to get bred mm-hmm. still allows time if your big bucks have enough gas left absolutely the problem the problem with this situations that we have is young bucks can breed just as easy as an old buck. Now, does that young buck have the genetics? Hopefully. Another thing about it is we talked about off air. If a doe has twins or fawns, that doesn't mean that they're twins or triplets. It can be multiple bucks. They, they could be bro- half brothers or sisters. So a doe can be bred a couple times during that, you know, that period, which is very interesting to me. Yeah, that's, that is interesting. Two different baby daddies. Now what they (laughs) now what they say, you know, everybody's after this ratio of one buck to one doe. If that happens, your rut's over like this. Mm -hmm. Now it's not cool to have one buck to 25 does either. Yeah. But your rut your breeding is prolonged longer, mm-hmm. right? We all hear of the dreaded lockdown, okay? What they mean by that is a doe will be in cycle for up to 24 to 48 hours. That buck's not going to leave her side. Mm-hmm. Is he unkillable? No. He's just with that doe. Yep. So now you have two sets of eyes, two sets of ears, two noses, She's super cautious. 
Um, she's bugged. She wants, you know, needs to get bread, but mm-hmm. not going to go very far, going to eat, go back to bed. Yep. So the lockdown does obviously happen. It has to happen. The problem is, is if you have one shooter buck or one, let's just say you have three bucks and 35 does, that's 35 times that 24 to 48 hour period. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of lockdown. Mm-hmm. Um, do you believe in the October lull right now that people, oh my God, the October lull. I think people just say that because it's just a decrease in deer mm-hmm. movement that they're seeing on their cameras. I mean, it's just. Yeah. I don't believe in yeah, the October I, lull. I think you just need to hunt the right areas at the right yeah, time. Exactly. Um, so it's all depending on the property. We hunt private acreage. Again, I I don't care. But you and I have gone back and forth on this private and public mm-hmm. deal. You know, if, if, you ha- if all you can hunt is public, you know, best of luck is extremely hard. It's twice as hard as private ground. I've changed my beliefs over the Thank years. You. <laughs> um, here's for an example. Last Wednesday, we had a hundred and hundred, just say a hundred acres of row crop corn. Now bread had chopped probably, that's my younger brother, probably chopped 20 acres of that early in September. Doesn't do anything. When you chop corn, there's nothing left. Mm-hmm. It's just bare ground. But we combined corn last Wednesday. I can show you, and I will because you're sitting here. I'll show you pictures of a, we put it over the combine Mm -hmm. corn. There's 35 deer Mm -hmm. feeding. So where I'm going with that is this October lull. It's a food source. It's easier to get the food, you know, getting corn off a corn stalk or hunting corn stalks that are standing. It sucks. Mm-hmm. Yes, it can attract them, but they're not moving very far, and they're always hidden. You cut all that down, and there's corn on the ground, obviously you're going to see more deer. Mm-hmm. Um, our final feast that is an extremely awesome crop this year has rutabagas and radishes and turnips and big, broadleaf, green, leafy. That was hit hard when the soybeans turned brown. Green on green transfer. I'm stealing that from the juries. And then right now, they're not even touching it. Mm-hmm. They're not eating it. One, the bulbs, it needs to have a frost. Yep. So that produces good late sugar. Season, but yeah. yeah, right now it's just not getting it, hit. They're eating corn. That's, yep. that's basically what it is. Once in a while, I see them on clover and alfalfa. Mm-hmm. Acorns. Oh, my God. Yeah, what a this year. year. Yeah. Uh, people not getting pictures of deer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bear hunters and deer hunters. Uh, good yeah. luck. Yeah. <laughs> that, what a year for. We walked out the other day. And my dad said it's like walking on marbles. Uh-huh. You know, everywhere. Yeah. If you have an Oak Ridge stand, do, uh, I was going to ask you, see, so there's red oak, red oak and white oak. Yeah. Do you notice a difference? Like is acorn an acorn to them? I don't know. I'm not an arborist. I don't know. Uh, look at you with all these big words today. <laughs> I like that. Um, I don't think it matters, you know, or maybe red oaks hold on to their acorns later. They're smaller. That's a good question. Well, we'll somebody will answer that. Somebody message us right now and answer that for us. Well, I guess <laughs> I act like we're live. <laughs> we're not live. Well, in the future. <laughs> yeah. Come in and tell us that. Um, I don't even know where we were on our questions. But anyways, long story short, uh, what question was I answering? Oh, the actual length of the rut. So the rut, R-U-T, that's a, that's a common name for what's happening from now october 20th to november 20th that's a month of yeah it's gonna last a month mm-hmm. now you go down to texas the rut is later again we say okay well it's off a of photo period why are there days longer in there think about the equator and the sun and the daylight that works you go down to florida that's later um you know our rut i would say is pretty much over by muzzleloader season i would say you know besides the second run mm-hmm. Yep. A doe that's a yearling doe, she has to weigh 70 to 80 pounds for her female parts to work, for her to become susceptible to breeding. Yep. So then again, if you have a late fawn crop, might not have that. You know, it'll be too cold or things aren't going to work real good. Right. We've had moderate temperatures this year so far so things are looking good i don't know what's coming up in november but it's not looking like there's well it's tough to say i'd say for the next 12 day forecast it's gonna be it's gonna be nice yeah 
but nice. they have to yeah that that could be your second rut is a lot of those fawns are now working mm-hmm. so how long does the rut some people say it takes two months i'm gonna narrow it down and say it takes a month here yeah again has everything to do with how many deer you have how many bucks you have pressure not pressure total buck ratio yeah yep. All right, I'm going to go to different uh, social here and get you that. Okay. All calls, grunt tubes, rattling, or do you just sit silently? What do you do? So we kind of already answered this just a little bit. Um, right now, tinkle the antlers together, you know, that 430, 530 time, whatever you're going to hunt. Like you said, you rattled one at 130. Mm-hmm. Like he caught his attention, he got up, up out of his bed, or he was already on the move, and he come to you. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do anything at any time. It's an attractant if mm-hmm. if used right. Uh, I'm not using sense no. right now. I'll use uh, Evercom Conquest makes Evercom, which mm-hmm. is a deer herd in a stick. We also sell uh, Code Blue. Mm-hmm. It's a deer herd in a stick. It's like a deodorant stick. Like I'll use that to aid in covering or masking a little bit of my sense so if they do get a whiff of something hopefully it's that and they're like oh it's, mm-hmm. it kind of smells like a deer yep. deer bedding area um i think there's a time and a place always for sense but it's not gonna it's not always gonna work i mean yeah so here here's why i say it right now i'm not i, I use that almost every time i go up mm-hmm. that ever come uh your as far as your estrus unfortunately like so we're we're blessed with the opportunity to actually have deer scent here in the refrigerator fresh and that comes from um white tail country and that's just a farm just a little north of here Mm -hmm. so that's actual deer right yeah uh yes they are in a pen but it's not bottled from last year like you're gonna find so we don't have estrus right now we have doe scent and we have buck scent yep from what their deer are doing on the farm Mm -hmm. they're not under um ambient lighting they're not falsely set into it and she and they're completely transparent though you can talk to them mm-hmm. she's like well you know as soon as we have our estrus you guys will get the first bottles mm-hmm. that's from actual deer now the chemically induced you can go right to our shelf and buy tinks you know doe estrus or what do they call it uh um, 69 tanks yeah six yeah 69 or something yep. <laughs> yeah um pimp juice like <laughs> It's chemicals. It's it, it may smell like it a little bit, and it may be from two years ago. I, I don't know. Yeah, and you know. depending on the buck, you, right. it might. Here's here's my answer to the question. Do you use scents? It's not going to hurt you. It, it can hurt you. 75% <laughs> of the time, it's not going to help you at the wrong time of the year. Right. You know? There's a time and a place. Yeah. 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 Um, as far as grunt tubes? Always have it. Always have it because you never know. Yep. Deer communicate. Mm-hmm. Always. Um, the the old Primos can, you know? Uh, Do you ever have that? Oh, yeah. Then it gets clogged up with, like, dirt and <laughs> stuff in dirt. <laughs> we, uh, now they make grunt tubes that you can do all of that. But, like, deer make noises. Always. You know? Absolutely. You ever heard a doe grunt? No. There's a video out, uh, Jared Mills. So he just started his own YouTube channel. He, for, like, 15 years... Video he was on a, a white, white tail, tail um, not adrenaline, but white tail um, with Bill Winky. Um, yep. Yes, exactly. So, anyways, he got it. He's got a. I think it's his second video. Shoots a monster in like this cedar ridge. Well, he shoots monsters every year. Yeah. And uh, he's like, so we hear this deer grunting on video, mm-hmm. and this buck gets out of its bed. It bedded sixty yards from him. Gets out of the bed and like turns ape shit. Runs over there and makes a scrape and gets all crazy. It wasn't a buck. Mm. It was a doe grunting. And he goes, the footage afterwards, like, you can actually. So what is it like? It sounded just like a young buck. Really? Yeah. It, I was like, oh, my God. Huh. It was a big, huge, fat, old doe. Yeah. It was, yeah, it sounded like that. Uh, always have a grunt tube. Always have, and you always carry a rattling. From always. now on. Yeah. You don't do it early season, do you? No. Okay. Like, October twenty third 24th and on right. uh, you, <laughs> don't be afraid to rattle everyone's so like scared of it yeah i mean and and the cool thing like i get to go to missouri right and mm-hmm. i've hunted iowa with the rights for um quite a few years 
it's a whole different ball game, Kansas, Nebraska, Iowa, Missouri, when you have more bucks and you rattle one sequence and mm-hmm. you get five, yep. you know, one shooter and a bunch of dinks and you're mm-hmm. like, and then here, then a guy will do the same thing and, and beat them all horns together. And it's so like, dependent <laughs> on the property. It's like a broken record. I keep saying that, but yeah, I got a spot west of here where there's some years where it's just insane. Yeah. Yeah. It really depends on the. Property. You remember the old show Buckmasters? Oh yeah. With the puppets. Remember when they had the puppets and like, I don't know what you're into. <laughs> no, like the redneck. They look like Sesame Street. Oh puppets, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't remember the name. One of them was Bubba, whatever. And they're talking about rattling. And the <laughs> the Bubba, he's he goes in the back room and he <laughs> drum set, <laughs> and he's like, "This is how you rattle big bucks." <laughs> boom, 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 boom. <laughs> don't do that. But uh, I, I, I've had one really cool success story with wide load on rattling. I wasn't even calling to him visually. Yep. Like I didn't even know he was behind me. Mm-hmm. Yes. I rattled him in and grunt, but I was not calling to him. It mm-hmm. just so happened. It worked out. Yeah. All right. Uh, sent use. We did that. Cameras were dead right now. Some more questions here. We're almost getting, almost getting them taken care of. Uh, here, we'll read this one. What's your favorite candy bar to eat in the stand? Oh, yeah. I'm more of a Snickers kind of guy. Are you? Almond Joy. That's always good. Yep, Almond Joy is good. Um, Twix. Mm-hmm. I like Twix. It's hard to beat a cold Snickers. I that. agree. Reese's are pretty good, too. M&M's. Yep. M&M's. They're peanut, peanut hard M&Ms. when they're cold. I know. That's what I like about it. That's <laughs> good. That's All right. good. What else? All righty. Favorite dates to hunt in November. Do they have a special meaning to you and why? Um, I'm I'm gonna say October twenty eighth. It's not November, but Yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing. The only thing that I hate about this state. I'm not really a big well, gun a hunter. <laughs> well, yeah. But I'm not really a big gun hunter. Um but I'm expanding. I'm growing. I'm maturing because I'm not going to get away from it. Our gun season is at the wrong time of the year, mm-hmm. I believe. Mm-hmm. Yes, it opens opportunities for your dudes that are just weekend hunters, and they've been doing the same thing with the same buddies and the same family for 20-plus years. Like, I understand it. I get it. There's a camaraderie. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of big deer that are shot with guns in Minnesota because it falls right in that chasing. Now, a lot of people say... They don't even get a chance. I mean, right. it's it's smack dab mm-hmm. right when they're the most susceptible. So what's the word I'm susceptible? looking for? Susceptible? Yeah, right. Yeah. To getting killed. I mean... People say, well, deer get dumb. Buck, big bucks get dumb. They're just thinking differently. Um, they're thinking they're wanting, with something else. Yeah, in their head. Like it, yeah, I mean it's natural. Yeah, you get stupid. Yeah, that's that's the way guys are. Yeah, some of us are stupid all the time. <laughs> it's just like yes, it makes them them more susceptible. They the variables and your chances of success are higher. Right. Um. So to answer the question correctly, favorite dates to hunt in November, the week prior to gun season. Mm-hmm. I've always loved the 29th, the 30th, and the 31st of October. Like, it, it just seems to happen. And they might not even be doing anything, but they're up on their feet, mm-hmm. right? The seeking stage is kind of winding down, and now we're getting into the chasing stage. Um, they get up earlier. They stay up later. I think it's funny how we used to have a past employee that worked here where he always had to have Halloween off. Like, it was, like, just this magical day mm-hmm. he's like well i killed all my big deer on halloween well it's because you just always took off halloween that's why you're killing right. them. Like, <laughs> that yeah, was I mean, the day you're yeah, the I, I think any day you can be out in the woods from yep. end of october until like you said gun season if we're talking yeah. minnesota yeah any you of know, those days might be your favorite day and don't get me wrong yeah. um where then this is how out of sorts i am with gun season i'm in in unit 213 right mm-hmm. so like the North douglas county area yeah. It used to be like it started on Saturday morning and then it ran until the following Sunday. Mm -hmm. I don't know 
Is there some spots where it's like Saturday, Three. Sunday, and then it breaks? No. Or, so it's it's con- constant that yep. week? It's always nine days or another. There's some areas, at least I'm pretty sure, where they it go goes longer. three. Yeah. Okay. Which is almost to muzzleloading season. It goes to muzzleloading, yeah. All right. And what's Wisconsin like? Wisconsin's always two weekends after our opener. And I think that's the reason why... I could be wrong, but I believe that's the reason why Minnesota pushes it so early is because it's always two weekends prior to Wisconsin's opener. Gotcha. Like they totally plan on that. And <laughs> we then South Dakota is always right in the middle. Mm-hmm. Uh, North Dakota is the same gun season as ours, mm-hmm. pretty much. I think it opens the Friday before at like noon for some or reason. Or it's the week after. I can't remember on North Dakota. Last year, last year was the same weekend, just okay. the way that the dates fell. Yeah. Um, Minnesota our, always bases yeah. it off of other states. Jack, you can get in on this if you want to. Because all they care about is license sales. We're talking about the <laughs> rut and uh, and questions that we had on Instagram. But anyways, um, so I like that week prior to gun season. Yeah. Um, here, the thing is, Iowa is like December 1st mm-hmm. weekend, and they actually stop archery for their gun season mm-hmm. and then it starts up They're kansas good. is well wednesday the last wednesday of the month in november and that's all rifle that's rifle down yeah. there yeah so my favorite dates to hunt in november i'd say depending on when the gun season falls it's going to be that that week prior to the gun season maybe part part of october what date this guy's asking the question uh <laughs> Come on. It says November. I'm going to say November 2nd. There you, go. there you go. Just hope it's not on gun season. <laughs> May actually hunt gun season this year, believe it or not. Yeah? Mm-hmm. With the Savage 220? Well, yeah. We bought Bodie a Savage 220. I can't believe how accurate that is with a little help For from my buddy Dan. Dan. Uh, Accu tips. tips. Yeah. yeah. Actually, that was a rifle. Sorry. Shotgun. Fucking blew my eardrums off. <laughs> Oops, well, Abby, don't be listening to this. <laughs> oh, Charity knows. <laughs> you did tell her, huh? I did, yeah. It's not good. All right, one more question. We got to open up the doors. Okay, one more question. We got to open up the doors. Let's find a good one. Sorry we didn't get to answer all of them. We only said 10, but we'll, the, we'll fit this one in. All right. Man, this is hard. Do you change your equipment put it in number three right there do you change your equipment archery only do you change your equipment for the rut no i don't i try not to change anything okay this is all i'm going to say per that i, I my I, my stuff is set up in that september 1st right jack is with us now he just got back from south dakota the uh he can talk into yeah it's all good um did you see any any pre-rut activity in South Dakota this last week? You can talk into that mic or this mic. And he's rocking a stash. I know. Both oh, of you guys, you get facial hair rocking. Uh, no, actually, uh, hardly any scrapes. Pretty amazing how far behind South Dakota is compared to Minnesota. Really? Yep. So just dead? Dead. So you would say you have, you're in the October lull out there? Yes. Uh, numbers are there. Where's there? What's the food like? Corn gone? Not gone? No. Corn standing? Yep. All kinds oh, of sucks. crops. Um, saw all kinds of deer. Just not your shooters. They got quite a bit of moisture, didn't they? A little bit of rain. Yeah. But okay. So equipment. You're not changing any equipment for the rut? No. Okay. Dan, finally, and Jack had to say into this, I have a Garmin. That's going to be the coolest tool for the rut because it's one less step that I have to take to range the animal because it's built into it. Um, shot a doe a couple weeks ago with it, and it was like the easiest thing in the world once it's set up properly. <clears throat> what I like about a Garmin, too, <clears throat> is you don't get into tunnel vision. Like, it makes you think. Right. Like, okay, I, I can't just pull back, and yeah. it makes you like, okay, I got to range. Yep, exactly. Yep. Make sure my reticle's right. That's it. My range it forces you to slow down a yeah, little bit. Yeah, yeah, love it. And I like the clarity because it's a dot yep. with a huge view. Um, 
Did you, which bow did you take South Dakota? Were you, okay, so here's the thing. And I think they directed this to us because it's someone we all know. We have multiple setups. Um, Did you have your Garmin with you out there? Oh, Garmin's illegal in South Dakota. Oh, that's right. That's a good thing you brought that up. That wasn't a trick question. I completely forgot about it. But you will in Minnesota. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Things happen so fast. And during the rut, having that Garmin is a game changer. I'm messaging this person here real quick on what they said. I got the bubbles. We're coming, we're coming. No was meaning like do you switch broadheads? No. 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 My you same, should have this figured thing. out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they're pertaining to like if they're gonna hunt thick cover or I I use the same broadhead. I don't shoot into it. if there's something if it's a wicker basket in front of the animal I'm shooting, I don't shoot. So I don't need a fixed blade to get through grass. Right. Does that make sense? Yep. But I think this answers a couple questions. We got some facts out there. We said only 10. Yeah. And if you have any more questions, I wouldn't mind doing another one of these. Maybe early November. We could. We we all have like. And if we're wrong, like if if somebody's like, you know what? I actually have a different idea on how this all works. Mm -hmm. Message us and let's chat about it. Yeah. Absolutely. We can even have them on if, I mean, if it's reliable. Right. Like you say, is we're not whitetail experts, but we are we very knowledgeable. Yeah. And then we have connections, polling sources. Most of the stuff I read off to you is factual. Yep. Um, as far as timing and gestation and all that fun stuff. When it all comes down to it, hunt when you can hunt. Hunt hard. Be aggressive when you need to be aggressive and be subtle when you need to be subtle. And watch the wind. (laughs) Play the wind. That's the biggest part. And buy lots of dopey. (laughs) End of the month. And garments. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I appreciate everybody listening. We'll talk to you. We're actually, we just put it on the calendar. We're going to do this like second week in November. Yeah. When we all get back here for a couple of days. Well, Jack, Keith on, we'll have it. Maybe we'll bring some other guys from other shops. On behalf of Archer Country, we appreciate everybody. We'll see you on down the road. Thank you for listening to Archery Country Podcast.